is yours, Lord. Thank you for your grace that has rescued us and saved us from the power of darkness. We love you, Lord, and we give you all honor and praise this morning, for you are worthy, our King. I pray, Lord, that you receive our worship and that you teach us your word, Lord. We're waiting to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning, good morning. I want to welcome those that are new. If you don't know, we have junior high meeting next door. We have our nursery and our children's church right over here. We have a family room and a cry room. And just to let everyone shuffle around and you can change seats if you like, go ahead and stand up and say hi to your neighbor. everyone a chance to move around and shuffle and all those people that are waiting outside they should have come in by now and it won't be awkward oh hi Lisa (laughs) (laughs) all right well if you are just getting here welcome you did miss fellowship Sunday but not to worry you did not miss the car wash happening after second service yes there's a car wash just in time for the snow tomorrow so (laughs) Alana is having a fundraiser uh, for specifically Journey and Trek for the Awana Summer Camp. And so if you are still here and you want to hang out, I don't know all the logistics around the parking lot, but there will be a car wash. Make it sprayed on accident. Uh, and so that is happening today. Again, <laughs> my name is Amy, by the way, if we haven't met. Um, I'm part of this uh, staff here. And I have just have a few things to let you know about. Uh, there's actually a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, as you know, one of them is going to be Easter. That is one Sunday from now. Today is Palm Sunday, and so a week from now, we do have Easter service. Two days before that, we have Good Friday service. So that's going to be the 15th of uh, this month at 6 o'clock here. And then we have our normal Easter service at 8.30 and 10.30. All of those gathering times are going to have children's church. So if you have little ones, you'll have an opportunity to go to any and all those services, and we will have children's church. We are still looking for a couple volunteers for nursery in particular for Good Friday. So if you are someone that can do that, you can talk to me, you can talk to Joe Casey. Also, if there's any more 
uh, volunteers. We've actually had a few people come up to greet also on Good Friday, but we also want to make sure we want to connect, uh, do the parking lot flow as well. You can connect with Frank there in the back, one of our ushers, and he can get you hooked up if you want to do that. Uh, so that is Easter and Good Friday. Um, also on Good Friday, last week I mentioned some women's Bible studies. There is another one. Uh, it was mentioned last Friday. It's our Bi uh, Bible study fellowship. Lisa actually heads that up here on Fridays. They're doing a four-week mini-series. Um, this is for women only uh, on Friday mornings. I mention it because if you are someone that maybe isn't plugged into a Bible study or doesn't want to think about the idea of going to one week after week after week, this is a good opportunity to uh, dive into one just for four weeks. They're going to be studying the death and resurrection of Christ. A week after that, it's very exciting, we are going to be cleaning the parking lot. Okay, it's our cleanup day for April uh, the 23rd. We will feed you. Uh, this is all volunteer. We aren't taking sign-ups. If you are ready to work and available, uh, just please show up and we will be there. Oh, let's see. I think that was everything. All right, so uh, I have the privilege of letting you know that Pastor Brad Knoll is going to be preaching today. Welcome him up. Hey, friends. Welcome. Uh, if you're new here to SBC, my name is Brad Noll. I'm one of the staff pastors. I want to be the first to welcome you. And uh, we actually have one more announcement for you. April 30th, mark your calendar. We have a big outreach that we're doing at the skate park. We're inviting the whosoevers, a bunch of individuals that are professional skaters, um, some people out of the, the movie scene, music scene, different things like that. But this is going to be an opportunity for you to invite a neighbor, uh, invite a friend maybe that you've been sharing the gospel with. If you skateboard... Um, come join the competition, uh, $200 prize, but April 30th down at Truckee uh, Skate Park <clears throat> at 1 p.m. And then we're going to meet back here for the premiere of um, their movie, um, Unbelievable. And basically it's an opportunity for us, we, we do things like this to share the gospel. Um, news that Jesus has come, he has died, he has risen again, and um, a non-threatening way that you can invite your neighbors. So um, invite somebody. It'll be a fun event. And even if you don't like skateboarding, come. Dust off your evangelism boots. Um, put your arm around somebody. Share with somebody. And uh, then we'll uh, see some fruit from this, hopefully. So with that said, stand with me. Let's, uh, let's open God's Word. We're going to dive into Matthew chapter 21 on this Palm Sunday. <clears throat> we're going to have a few observations that we're going to look at through this passage. But Specifically, some application on how it applies to you and I today. If you don't have a Bible, uh, Mr. Frank has them here. Just raise your hand um, as he's coming through, and he'll hand you one. Uh, Matthew chapter 21. We're going to begin in verse 1. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethage, to the Mount of Olives, and Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs you, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the, the full of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put 
on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the ground, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before them and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Lord Jesus, we, uh, we thank you for your word and that so many years ago, it's, from this story, we find that you came on the, the humble servant of a colt. And we just pray, Lord, that uh, you will stir our hearts, maybe learn from you today, knowing indeed, Lord, that you have created a moment in time that we can peer back and uh, draw knowledge of who you are. And I uh, just pray, Lord, that you stir our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, you may have a seat. <sighs> Excuse me. As we set our story here, I want to give you kind of what was going on in the day and age that this is happening. If you recall from history, um, the, the Roman Empire was in charge at this time. They had what was the known world. Caesar was on the throne. It was a thriving um, empire. There were roads, there was architecture, there was literature, there was um, libraries. And, and we find in our story here in Jerusalem, Jesus is coming to Jerusalem seated on what? A donkey. Okay, and we find that the people were celebrating, Hosanna, Hosanna, you have come, you, you have come to um, deliver us, basically. So we find that the Jewish people and the Romans um, were at somewhat at odds. The, the, Jewish, Jew, excuse, bleh, the Jewish people saw the Romans as Gentiles, people that, that worshipped false gods. They ate things that they shouldn't. They sinned in, in ways that, that were unthinkable. So for the Jews, they, they didn't like the Roman people, but the Romans tolerated the Jews. They allowed them to worship in the temple still, to still have some latitude in some of their laws, um, allowing them to still have um, some governmental it's kind of seating we find with King Herod and all those different things. But what we find is, is that there was uprising and that there was uproar at times and that there was unrest. So for the Jewish people, as we read our story, they were awaiting the coming king. They were awaiting the, um, for God to come and break the bonds of chains of, of their oppressors. They've been oppressed for 90 years from the Roman Empire at this time. And this is where we pick up our story. Our first point of today, as you can look up here, a moment in time. And I want to build this um, a little bit for you guys, knowing that God has established these moments in time since the beginning of, of the ages. As we sang to the ancient of days, God is before and God is after. He knows everything. And there's two million dollar words we're going to talk about today just in starting. One, sovereignty. The second, providence. These two words can be um, very uh, hostile in Christendom, and we're not going to unpack them completely today, but what I want to take from this as the sovereignty of God is finding that God is all-knowing, that he is all-powerful, that he is all-good, that he loves you, that he is um, a beloved, I can't even speak today, a loving God, let's use another word, that he, uh, he sees things from the beginning to the end, and from the, all those things that he is holy, it makes up what is called the sovereignty of God, packaged into this sovereignty of God, that his lordship. Okay, so if we establish that he is all those things and we trust in all those things, 
Therefore, God's mode and vehicle in which he um, displays to you and me and the world is through his providence. And let me read this to you. Providence. Uh, a definition, it says, God's caring provision for his people as he guides them in their journey of faith through life, accomplishing his purpose in them, whether the good, the bad, or the ugly, we know the solution resides in God's hand. God's hand on everything. He is personal and in touch. And this is what I want to build for you guys today, that, that God, even though we find the turmoil, even though we find the highs and lows of life, we're going to find that God's hand is in it all. And in our story, we find that God, down to the minute detail of him coming on a colt, he, he promised that he would fulfill all these different things. The Westminster Confession states the providence of God this way, that God, the great creator of all things, doeth uphold, direct, dispose, and govern all creatures, actions, and things, from the greatest even to the least, by his most wise and holy providence, according to his infallible foreknowledge, and the free and immutable counsel of his will, to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and mercy. Romans chapter 11, verse 3 states it this way, that, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. Since he is sovereign and providential in all workings in this world, it makes our story all the more incredible. As we turn back time maybe a little bit, 1,500 years prior to this, the book of Exodus Exodus chapter 12, it tells us that the sacrificial system was put into place. We've all heard the stories, you know, that, that they would sacrifice the lamb, that they would come to the temple on Yom Kippur every year for the temporary covering of people's sins. Well, what I didn't know, that this was a certain day of a certain month at a certain time that all this was to occur. In fact, it was the 10th day of Nisan every Passover. Nisan was the, the Jewish calendar of the day. And what makes this story even more incredible, which I didn't know, Jesus came the same day that he was the lamb. So if we go back to Exodus, the people were, God called the people, called um, you to go and find a spotless lamb. Bring that lamb into your home and, and have that lamb for four days. You have this little band in your house for four days. <laughs> you think you had problems with a kid, and then you have this little lamb in there. Well, guess what? They grow accustomed to that lamb. They, they, they got to know that lamb. And then what happened in four days after that? They slaughtered the lamb. And it was like mind-blowing that 1,500 years from then until now, why is it the tri triumphal entry of Christ? Because he was the lamb that came in. He was the spotless lamb on the same exact day, on the 10th day. I was like, whoa. Your mind's probably aren't as blown as mine. Literally, like God planned this since the beginning of time that on this day Jesus would come, not only riding on a colt that he prophesied a couple hundred years prior, but 1,500 years prior it was known that this would foreshadow Jesus and his entry into Jerusalem. Way cool. One commentator states it this way, though, that the people missed the full significance of this. 
So we find that, that they, were, they were shouting like, man, you, you're fulfilling Zachariah's prophecy. You're coming on a colt. You're coming to, to fulfill the reign of Christ. And as they peered out, this is Mount Everest, by the way. As they peered out, they saw the second coming of Christ. This, this is the coming that we're looking for. They peered out that Jesus was coming with the sword. He was coming to reign. He was coming to make everything right again, to rule everything under his feet. They, they saw that pinnacle. But they didn't see all these little nooks and crannies. They didn't see the mountains to get there. They missed the, the whole church age. They missed the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. They missed the suffering servant. They only saw the coming king. And this is what we're peering back, and we're finding where, where they missed the boat a little bit. So they kind of held on to some scripture, but they didn't hold on to all the other. That's why we, we hold this in such high regard. We need the whole counsel of God's word. And what we're going to find today, there's some promises that you and I need to hold on to. Because if God is sovereign, if he is providential in everything, he is our rock. He is who we trust. He is the one that we look to for all wisdom, for everything, through the highs and lows of life. And I know for many of us, those lows in life are very deep, hugely deep. 27 years ago, I... Uh, my father passed away, much as like, like Jesse's did, in a tragic accident. And I'm reminded that through this, the circumstances of life, I have to hold on to the providence of God. I have to know that from that moment in time that this happened, and I can unpack that for you someday if you guys want to have a cup of coffee, but from that moment in time, God has worked in 27 years to bring me to this point. From that moment in time, at your particular moment or trial in life, God has brought you from that moment. And God's hand has been upon you and has led you and has brought you maybe even to the point of coming him today to know him, to bow the knee, to hear the good news of the gospel. But does that, that question, have you guys ever asked the question, why? Like, God, why is this happening? Why? Why did I lose my son? Why did I lose my job? Why am I going through this XXXXXX? I ask it often. But if I do not hold on to the promises of God, it's all in vain. I, I have no foothold. I have no strong foundation, no fortress of solitude. I fall short. As we build this, thinking and knowing that every moment just as Jesus has planned out from the beginning of time, from the sacrificial system to the cult, to him being born in Bethlehem, to fleeing Egypt, to whatever the promise that you, you need to hear of Jesus, it's the same moment for you and I, that God has planned it one step at a time. Moments that we encounter are but a blimp on a radar compared to the beginning of time. But know that these moments are just as important for your sanctification and for my sanctification. How are we to be so arrogant to tell God, no, nope, that's not how it should happen. I don't want, no, I would have done it a different way. May we surrender to his will knowing that he knows what is best for us. And in questioning, do you truly know him? 
Do you trust him? I can't look out at you and know that every single heart here has, has come to know the, the gospel. But know this, that, that God says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So with you, maybe you're here today and you're like, I'm just trying to figure things out. The good news of the gospel, Jesus is drawing you. He loves you. He cares for you. Maybe you're here today and I've been a Christian for a long time and, and I've, been, I've been thinking about this week like I'm sitting in the office studying and, and God just hits my heart like, do, do you really love me? Do you trust me? Do you know through it all I'm with you? Turn your eyes. Because it's an emotional week, you guys. Like, man, just, just looking back, just all the circumstances of life, the highs and lows. But God is good. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, a familiar verse for many of us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on, you, on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and refresh, refreshment for your bones. Furthermore, Isaiah chapter 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This bring me, brings me great comfort, you guys. And I pray that it brings you great comfort knowing that God is in control. I'm reminded of the, the old hymn, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." Just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. As we look out into our coming king, Know that there will be trial, that there will be temptation, that there will be heartache. But when the fire comes, when the why questions in our mind, do we trust in him? Do you know that he looks out for you, he cares for you, and that even through the heartache, he can make it into gold. He can make it good and for his good pleasure. May we continue to pursue him. Point number three, when we find these people, they're coming, they, we've established that they ultimately just want God for his kingship, to rule and reign. This is what I want. And, and it's the motto of most of the people of the day, right? God, feed me. God, make water into wine. God, heal me. God, I, I just, I need, a, I need a miracle. I need a new arm. We, over and over and over again, we find that it's all about what? Things, right? Very rarely do we find somebody coming and saying, you know what, Jesus? I just want to be with you. And this is where we find in our story that these people are much of the same thing. And the question I pose to you today as well as myself, are we pursuing Jesus for the right reasons? There's a huge difference between enjoying a person who gives gifts and enjoying the gifts instead of the person. 
It was a challenge this week. I've, every other day, my wife and I take turns on, on who puts our kids to sleep. And I was laying with my daughter, Olivia, and she uh, was sharing with, uh, teacher Carol was sharing at Awana this week that, and posed the question, do you ever just sit and just expect God to answer? Like, she posed that question to Olivia. And out of the mouth of babes, you know, she said that again to me. And I was just like, you know, I, I don't. Well, many times my, my prayers are wrought. So my, my prayer with my kids might be like this. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the food. Thank you for um, the clothes, the shelter. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for everything that you give us. Oh, man, you're such a good God. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Sounds like a pretty good prayer, right? And all, all together, it is a good prayer of thanksgiving. But what I found it was lacking was, Lord, I just want to sit with you. I just want to sit with you a while and enjoy who you are. Enjoy you for you, the God, the creator of all the universe. And I was convicted, and I was just like, man, I'm trying to teach my kids how to pray, but I haven't taught them how to be still. I haven't taught them that, to hear that still, small voice that they can wait upon the Lord. Many times we pursue God for the wrong reasons. We can pursue God for the health and wealth, for the spiritual gifts, for fixing of relationships, for fire insurance. I pursue God because I, I don't want to go to hell. Um, we pursue God for all kinds of reasons. But Matthew chapter 6 states it this way and says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and, all these, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, in that particular passage in context, it's talking about you know, food and shelter and, and the, the things of life. But in application for us, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. Seek him and him alone, not for what he can give, but for him. Psalm chapter 37, verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I leave it up to my son to be like, well, that means I need a monster truck. No, son. <laughs> I'm delighting, so give me this. Ultimately, as we delight ourselves in the Lord, our direction and our will, the things that we desire, change. As we pursue him, our desires become his desires. Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. We come humbly before him. In our staff meeting this week, we were specifically talking about humble yourselves before God, like an act of worship. And uh, I wonder, I think there's enough people in here that know it. You guys know humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, like the kind of round where the guys sing, girls sing? Can, can we do a couple of those? You, um, so I'll start us off, you know, just being the worship pastor, I feel it's important to sing. So um, if you don't know, we're going to sing it a couple times so you'll, you'll catch on, but it goes, 
Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. And he will lift you up higher and higher. And he will lift you up. One more time. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord. And he lift you up higher and higher. And he will lift you up. Beautiful, guys. Humble yourselves before the Lord Jesus, knowing that he is the one that will exalt you in due time. You don't need to promote yourself. You need to promote him and him alone. But that leads us sometimes to, well, well Lord, I, I, don't, I don't believe. I don't find myself to trust in you in this situation. And I'm reminded of, the, of the, the father that came and ran to Jesus and said, Jesus, you need to heal my son. He's sick. Just speak the word. Just speak it, and he will be healed. And Jesus ultimately says, if you, if you believe, I will. And he turns around, Lord, I believe. I really do. Help my unbelief. That's the prayer for me, you guys. Help my unbelief, because... As I've grown, as, as I've seen the hand of God through the 27 years, as I point back maybe to my father's death, I see the hand of God throughout that in hindsight. If that didn't happen, I wouldn't have moved the truckie. If that didn't happen, I wouldn't have heard the other side of the coin of grace and not living by law. If that wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have met my beautiful wife. I wouldn't have three beautiful kids. I wouldn't be standing in this particular moment at this particular time before you. That's my encouragement for you, friends, is that no matter what the circumstances, we may not see how God is using it at the time. But as we look in hindsight and look back, you will see God's hand all over it. Maybe trust in him. Maybe trust in him. As we leave here today, we're going to read a couple more verses, but those are the four words that I want you to leave with today. Trust in the Lord. Out of everything that I mentioned today, take those four words and ponder that. Trust in the Lord. Everybody say it together with me. Trust in the Lord. That's hard. That is challenging. That's where faith comes in. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The more you know this, the more foundation you have. Maybe you're a newer Christian and you're like, well, I don't quite understand this. Get into Bible studies. Follow older men and women of the faith that you trust, that follow this. And mind you, when you are a gray hair, you will have a firmer foundation. Maybe you're older in the faith. Do not lose hope. And this is our last point, because we can grow weary. The Jewish people at the time, they had been in bondage, I don't know how many times. 
You look back with the Egyptians, the Persians, the Babylonians, and then they had this 400-year period where like God didn't speak at all, and then all of a sudden John the Baptist pops out of middle of nowhere and he's eating locusts and honey and he's a crazy man out here saying, "Repent, repent." And now we find that Jesus comes on the scene and they're all in uproar. They're excited. They're like, "Yes, it's finally happening." It's finally happening. And I want, to, I want to follow in that celebration. It's finally happening. He's coming. He is here. I rejoice. Hosanna, Hosanna. Great are you. Glory in the highest. And that's where this last point kind of comes in. And I want to read from Matthew chapter 24, the hope that we have. Matthew chapter 24. This is our Everest, guys. The imminent return of Christ. He's coming. What do we look for? What do we see? Can we join with them in celebration knowing that God is going to come? Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Our final point, don't lose hope. He is coming. As he sat on the Mount of Olives... The disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and at the end of the age? And Jesus answered them, see that no one leads you astray for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and they will lead many astray and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that uh, you are not alarmed for this must take place, but the end is, is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginnings of birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another and many false prophets will rise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. You know, we don't have time to unpack all of end times theology stuff. But what I do want to point out for you today from that passage is that there are many people, many false teachers, many people that will lead you astray. Many people that don't hold and adhere to the word of God, but have gone off to things that just tickle your ears. Do you know this book? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Because God's stirring, just like as he has from first century. It's been the end time since then. He could come tomorrow. He can come a thousand years from now, but he's coming. And these kind of things tell us and prepare us. I mean, I know everybody's minds have gone to like the Ukraine and what's going on with Russia and, and we can allegorize anything and everything. But what I want to point to you again, are you confident in the word of God to stand true to what this says so you know when falsehood comes through the door? Jesus has come, yes, to save, to redeem mankind. But he has also called you to arm yourselves, to be ready to ready to fight, to be prepared, and in fact, to look for his redemption draws near. 
In our final passage, let's turn to Luke chapter 21, verse 28. A couple books to your right. As an encouragement to you, my friends, Luke chapter 21. Jesse said the other day, I love the rustling of pages. <laughs> Bring your Bible. It's good. It's good. Luke chapter 21, verse 28. Now when, speaking of end times events again, you can read these things. Now when these things began to take place, or begin to take place, straighten up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. The hope of eternity, friends. We don't walk through this world without hope. That's our Everest. Maybe we're a step closer. Maybe not. Maybe next week you might get the doctor's notice saying, you got cancer and a week to live. Maybe next week your spouse might pass. Maybe you might lose your job. Maybe you might get inherit a million dollars. I don't know. Praise the Lord. Yes. May use it for his glory. But the point is, is that God's hand is on it. God's hand is on you. God establishes the footsteps of the righteous. We are seen righteous in his sight. May we walk in him, knowing that he loves you, he cares for you, and his providential hand is upon you. Amen? Body of Christ, let's stand together. We're going to sing. We're going to respond. I pray that you found hope today. Learn something new. Let's pray. Jesus, you uh, indeed are the ancient of days. And though we can get caught up in the emotional roller coasters of life, Lord, may you be our steadfast rock that we continue to come back to you, our promise, our joy. Lord, because indeed you are all-powerful and that you are all-knowing and holy. Lord, may you continually stir our hearts to trust in you more, to help our unbelief. Prepare us for war. May we anticipate your coming. Lord, in the meantime, arm us. May you put on the, the boots of truth, Lord, to go to events like skateboard outreaches and share of the good news that you have come. May we believe in you, trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Stay standing as we sing a wonderful, merciful Savior, our Jesus. Came that day on that Palm Sunday in his mercy, coming to save and to bring peace. One day he's coming back on a horse to declare victory over the darkness and the suffering. Amen. Sing wonderful, merciful Savior.